Welcome to AP GoPocast from Whitman Hanson Regional High School in Whitman, Massachusetts. I'm history and government teacher Steve Botello. And joining me every episode are students from our Advanced Placement United States Government and Politics course to share their insights on current political news stories in these turbulent times. Student guests will discuss the facts and sources of these stories, make connections to our curriculum, and most importantly, share their own opinions on the big issues of the day. This is episode one for October 30th, 2019. Joining me today are Tim Long, Catherine Cronin, and Nick Hanley. We'll be discussing President Trump's border wall, the growing trend of marijuana legalization, and the Hong Kong controversy hits video games. Uh, Tim, take it away. Tell us who you are. What did you read about? Uh, so my name's uh, Tim Long, and I read the article, uh, The House Again Rejects Trump's Border Emergency, and that was uh, written by Emily Cochran and published in the New York Times. And so the article is about how Trump uh, continues to push for the support of his uh, emergency uh, bill that would create a national emergency on the southern border with uh, Mexico. And by creating the national emergency, that would allow him to uh, manage the funds as he sees fit, fits, as, as he sees fits to um, help construct a wall to uh, finish his uh, political campaign advertisement of he's going to build a wall on the southern border. But this becomes an issue because once he starts to manage the funds as he pleases, that will um, take away funds from different um, parts of the government that are federally funded, like uh, military programs that help uh, military families with housing or improvement to military bases that are nece uh, necessarily needed. And with the funding for the wall, that would uh, take away funds from that and possibly those actions wouldn't be able to be uh, completed in a reasonable amount of time or um, they won't be able to be completed to like a satisfactory level that they should be to. And uh, the main issue, uh, uh, the topic of this course that uh, the article relates to would be uh, constitutionalism and um, order because uh, part of Trump's powers in the, um, as being the executive branch uh, define, but uh, Congress is defining the Constitution as having control of the federal funds and uh, using them as they see fit. And Trump is trying to, with limited time left in his uh, presidency before uh, the election of 2020, to gain that power to complete his uh, campaign ad and what most people voted for him for was uh, increased immigration control. And with him going out, creating a, a most likely going out, creating a president like that could be uh, dangerous because it would allow uh, presidents to be able to manage uh, federal funds as they see fit um, and to use it to uh, pass political campaigns that they created when they were running for office. And um, the bias of the article, so it's from the New York Times, which is a uh, very well respected in, uh, news uh, organization. and. Um, according to uh, ad uh, ad, ad ad funds ad funds uh, the 
New York Times is scores of 47.5 in credibility, which is on a scale of 64 and 32 is considered to be good. This is a fairly uh, credible source, and it has a bias of negative 4.2, which means it uh, leans slightly left, but it's more centrist. And on um, that can be seen throughout like New York Times articles. They, uh, the biases seem to be more left-centered, uh, left-centered base, and uh, that can kind of be seen here because some of the language in the article uh, can give off the tense that's more of a condemning of Trump's action instead of just a political um, analysis of what he's trying to do. Um, and also, the author uh, Emily Cochran, uh she primarily focuses on uh, parts of Congress and um, current events going on in Congress and uh, policies. And she seems to be uh, a little bit biased to the left, but um, not extreme biased to the left. And uh, with that combination, it's a fairly accurate report. Good. Does anybody have any questions? What do you think about this, Catherine and Nick? How about we'll start this way? Tim, what do you think about the wall? Do you think the wall should be built? Why or why not? Uh, I think if Trump would like to build the wall, he should be able to come up with his own way to fund for it in a different uh, branch of taxing because uh, he shouldn't be able to use funds that are a lot of, uh, allocated to different uh, military or uh, federal spending projects. But on the issue of the wall, I don't believe he should build a wall because uh, his primary target was that he believes that uh, majority of the immigrants that come from uh, southern and Latin American countries are like criminals and bring in drugs and crime and that they're more of a problem to society than um, influence or contributor. And sometimes a criminal may come across the border, but majority of the people coming to seek refuge from countries like Nicaragua where uh, the current state of the government there is highly, uh, highly uncontrollable, or like Colombia, where uh, their day-to-day life is most likely to be in threat if they continue to live there instead of uh, trying to figure out a new way to either start over or just gain safety in their everyday life. So you're a little sympathetic to those people who are crossing over? Yeah. Catherine, what do you think? I was wondering, because in your article, it talks about how 11 Republicans sided with the Democrats in voting against Trump, and I was wondering if you have any opinion or idea about why the Republicans in Congress are siding against Trump. I think that's mostly because when the um, when it was debated in Congress, what came up most was what uh, the funds for the national managers would take away from. And so the primary thing they would take away from would be like military spending or like spending based for military, uh, like military families or military bases or other national problems uh, that more people would be either sympathetic to or recognize. And uh, it would be easier for them to explain why they uh, voted to uh, reject Trump's request because of uh, the military and other organizations like that are more um, easier to gain support to in a unified country than saying that you voted with Trump to your political party ties. 
Nick, what do you think? What do you think about the wall? Um, I mean, I feel like the wall is more symbolic than anything else, truthfully. Like, I don't know how effective or, like, logistically uh, what uh, convenient a wall really would be. So, I mean, I'm not really in support of it. But at the same time, I understand that, like, lots of people do have a problem with the amount of immigrants. I personally don't. So I, I kind of see both sides because at one on one hand, personally, I don't really believe that uh, the military spending is that important. But if it's taking away from like veterans and people who need the money and not just less guns, then that sounds like kind of bad juju there. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much, Tim. Good job, uh, Catherine. So I read How Marijuana is Poised for a North American Takeover. It's from Lauren Gardner at Politico. And it begins by describing how Mexico and Canada either have legalized re previously or in the process of legalizing marijuana on a federal level, unlike in the U.S. where it remains illegal federally. More people in the U.S. are gradually becoming, they support legalization, but the, per, the Lauren Gardner who wrote this article doesn't believe it's going to happen before 2020 and that this will negatively impact businesses who are dealing with it. For example, there was a recent bill to um, allow banks to fund marijuana businesses, which was previously illegal because it's still illegal federally. And it can't be imported or exported from the U.S. due to these restrictions, and it can't cross state lines. This basically means that the U.S. is limited in the global trade, and Canadian companies are already preparing for the possibility of American legalization and the possibility of a comp competition by American businesses, and more powers gradually being given to the states to deal with this issue. And previously, the Trump administration has said that they will allow the states to make their own decisions. Um, Politico leans left, and this can be seen in the article itself. The author discusses is more discussing how the possibility of national legalization could affect the marijuana industry than talking about whether the marijuana industry is good or bad to begin with. She seems like she's in support of it, which is a liberal viewpoint. But a lot of the information in the article is just factual information such as how many states legalize marijuana, that polling has indicated that more people are supporting it, things like that. And it links to the Commerce Clause particularly because um, the federal government uh, controls interstate commerce and that's why, the reason why marijuana is tr the marijuana trade cannot go from state to state and the supremacy clause that the federal laws regarding marijuana are supreme over states that have legalized it. Um, and I thought that eventually marijuana will become legal in the U.S. on the federal level, but I don't think it's going to happen before the 2020 election because as the author talks about, it really hasn't come up a lot in the recent Congress. But politicians are becoming more liberal regarding the issue, more people are supporting it. And basically, there's the idea in the article that federal legalization could actually hurt American businesses as well, because they'd have to deal with foreign competition 
or competition from state to state. But a lot of people who probably would be against it might shift towards it because it has the possibility to help the U.S. economically as the industry grows worldwide. So I believe that eventually, like, people will turn towards it not just because they support marijuana, but because they support the possibility of tax revenue from it. And that, that's it. So let's take that idea of legalizing marijuana, either because people want to do it or because it could bring in a lot of tax revenue. Which one of those two ideas would be a stronger argument for you for legalizing marijuana? It's legal in Massachusetts for adult use, but not nationally, as you said. Do you think it would be a stronger argument to legalize marijuana so that people can just do what they want to do and use it recreationally? Or do you think it's a stronger argument to legalize marijuana in order to collect tax revenue? What do you think? I think a lot of people who are against it say that it's endorsing, like, you know, they think it's a bad idea to begin with. But people, I think, are going to do it one way or another, and we might as well legalize it so we can regulate it and so we can get the tax revenue from it because it's going to happen anyway and I really don't think there's a ton you can do to stop it entirely but if you legalize it you get to reap the rewards while not really losing very much whether or not you believe in it. Nick what do you think? Uh, I mean like it's already legal in Massachusetts so it doesn't make a huge difference to me but I don't think that the personal like we should legalize it because I want to is even really an argument at all because that could be said about actually anything. Mm -hmm. So the only argument that there really can be is that it could help the economy, you know? Hmm. What do you think? Uh, I see the issue kind of similar to the prohibition of alcohol because that's when the federal government mandated the ban of selling and distributing alcohol within the states. But yet with the rise of speakeasies and, uh, homemade alcohol, people were still able to produce and get the alcohol if they really wanted to. And uh, especially with, I think the article mentioned like 33 states have legalized uh, mm-hmm. marijuana in some aspect. Uh, clearly the people are for it, state legislators are for it, um, ensuring that although the federal government says it's not legal, uh, the people and the government and the states definitely support it. And for the tax reasoning, to kind of be like a double whammy because you can make taxes off of the selling and the distribution and control of it, but also you won't have to charge and uh, house people in prison and pay for court costs and stuff for arresting them over uh, marijuana just simply for carrying it in the state or crossing state lines because you had some with it. Nick, you want to say something? I, I think that if a majority of states have it legalized, then it's just weird that the federal government wouldn't because that's most of the 50 states if more than half have it and it's like half the country but even though I guess it's by population I think the whole dynamic of like federal laws conflicting with state laws really just kind of doesn't go well and usually ends up in the in the favor of legalizing things like we've seen with gay marriage or other things like that so I'd say that personally I think it's probably going to get legalized relatively soon because of just that alone. <laughs> okay. All right, finishing things off today, Nick. Me again. Uh, so 
I read the article. Blizzard is banning people from Hearthstone for pro-Hong Kong statements, which is essentially uh, like a microcosm of what's happening in Hong Kong with uh, China and the conflict between them, just now that it's actually come to the U.S. and it's starting to affect North American industry. Because, uh, well, actually, let's start with, the story comes from the website The Verge, which is like a, I mean, it's pretty tech-related. It's written by Beyond Steven. Uh, and like I said, it's about how uh, online there was a, a man who was banned from uh, participating in a tournament of some sort for stating that he was uh, in support of Hong Kong, where he was from. And this North American company actually banned him from ever using any of its like games or websites again because he was in support of the freedom of his own country, which I thought was like, I mean, pretty. Uh, what what word am I going to use to describe this? Like substantial, because that shows China's influence over not only its own like sphere of influence, but also the U.S. and North American industry. Uh, I'd probably I'd relate it somewhat to a like free speech and say that if the U.S. lets this go on with North American industry like bowing to China because of its economical prowess or something like that then it's almost like they're saying that free speech doesn't matter which is a pretty big tenet of the uh, Constitution First Amendment right there um, this website does have a pretty possible left bias. Well, there wasn't much evident in uh, this article. You could see that a lot of the articles on the website are about Trump and like bashing Trump for decisions he's made and things he said. So that's uh, most of what I have to say. What do you want to say, Tim? Uh, so similarly to the video platform, uh, the NBA, NBA has gone under contiguous recently for uh, forcing LeBron James to issue a message uh, while the uh, NBA preseason was played in um, China. So what's your viewpoint on these large uh, American companies like the NBA who have billions and billions of dollars on uh, openly going against people's rights in support uh, of a regime that many would condemn? I personally think it's like kind of horrible because you have all this influence and like power and you're showing people that you'll do anything for money it, because there are lots of kids and people out there who like love the NBA. They see LeBron James as like an idol or a star, and if he's gonna just say, "Oh, these people don't matter. They're not making me money," then they might think the same thing too. And that, like I said, goes against pretty much a lot of the things that the U.S. stands for. So I'm not quite a fan of that. Catherine, does this bring anything to mind? Do you have any ideas? I agree with the both of them. I really do think it shows how powerful China's become, and it's pretty scary that China can force North American companies to basically bow to its whims and to control the speech of individual people in order to express this, you know, very pro-China, very anti-Hong Kong protest idea. Tim, so... 
one of the main things of Trump's presidency was that he's come under critique a lot for saying that there's Russian interference with uh, the voting and uh, campaign messages to get him elected. But with most of these large American companies that have billions of dollars to spend um, in support of uh, China's actions and not condemning them, what do you think possible lobbyist groups from those companies could do to influence uh, American, uh, the U.S. Congress, or different policies in America? Nick, did Trump actually recently just like say he's removing tariffs from China, or like he, he wants to reduce them uh, to encourage free trade, more free trade with China, which is exactly to what you just said. I think that's an effect of it right there. They want him to do more trade, make more money. Would any of you consider boycotting a product or a service, in this case Blizzard video games, would you consider boycotting them over a, a governmental or political issue like this or, or not? I actually already have. I, I like one night, I mean this is, I, it's not like it's doing anything because it's not like I've really spent much money on their products anyways, but I like deleted the account that I had and that was, that's all, but you know, that's something. Tim. Uh, I personally has, haven't done too much to uh, separate myself from ties from the uh, Chinese government, but now it's become... <laughs> <laughs> Seems real close with, uh, with Zing. Watch out, China, Tim Long's coming at you. Ni hao, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> but I know it's definitely more popular, I believe, with the millennials, but uh, more towards, like, Democrats, they want to get uh, involved, and they see, like, the injustice being committed against these innocent people. And they want to speak up because Hong Kong is fighting for the d democracy, which is ultimately what the U.S. did when it was funded. Is it important, do you think, for the United States or citizens of the United States to support democratic ideals in citizens around the world? Uh, definitely. I mean, we have up to this point in history, haven't we? Often, yeah. I'd say so, because it lies with, like, a, a national and world war view on how, like, especially when we're going against communism in the uh, USSR, uh, that the main uh, foreign policy was to spread democracy by any means. So I don't think they should back down. I know times have changed, but if one of the main uh, points of the US government is to promote democracy throughout and being one of the more powerful world nations that it is, I think it should uh, help out a smaller uh, wannabe nation like Hong Kong help gain its democracy. I also think that with the other human rights abuses that are going on in China, like the treatment of the Uyghurs and the um, uh, treatment of Tibet, I think letting China do what it wants on this issue without a lot of backlash is setting a very dangerous precedent when China's already having these gross violations of human rights. Showing them that they can do what they want is the worst possible step. Well, thank you very much. I think everybody did a great job. Thank you for bringing your stories and your insight on those stories. I think it's really valuable. Good work, everybody. Thank you.